You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 117 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. We all pay Medicare levy in addition to tax, but does this make sense? Do we really need a separate levy in addition to income tax? I had always assumed, and I think most of us do, that there is a separate pool of funds to finance Medicare and that this pool is where the Medicare levy goes to. But Bob Deutsch, the senior tax counsel of the Tax Institute, suggested in one of his recent articles that there isn't a separate pool. So I asked Bob whether that is really true. Here's his answer. Well, look, that point, I've raised it with government. I've tried to get them to... I've tried to get some understanding of whether there is a separate pool or not. My understanding, and I have to emphasise, it's my understanding from a distance, is that there is no separate pool. There is no account where somebody can say, we have X dollars collected in the Medicare levy. It just all disappears into consolidated mm. revenue. And that is quite misleading. I mean, it might not be on purpose, but it is misleading because I assumed there was a pool. So whenever I pay Medicare levy, I feel like I'm paying into well, this pool. Well, the reality about that is that imagine if the pool runs out. If the pool, if there is a pool and it runs out, the government isn't going to say, well, sorry, doctors, there's no more bulk billing because we've got no money left. They're just going to draw it out of the other pool. Mm, so point. there's no pool because nobody's ever said we've got a shortfall or we've got plenty of cash in there. There's just nothing in existence. It's a mythical number. Maybe somebody keeps a running tally somewhere, but it's got nothing to do with, as far as I can tell, with government financing. Whether you call it a Medicare levy, I don't care what you call it. I mean, you can call it a Medicare heifer-lump for all I care. It makes no difference. It is a tax. And the point that I always argue is, if it's a tax, why don't we include it as part of the tax base? Instead, we create this illusion of something different so that politicians can say our top rate is 45%, whereas we all know it's not. Because anybody who pays tax in this country will know that there's always a 2% add-on for the Medicare levy. I would just sooner dump the whole thing into a higher rate of income tax. Then we've got an honest system, a transparent system, which we can argue about. Now, Labor is proposing, and this is important for people to understand, they are proposing to increase the top rate from what is currently referred to as 45% to 47%. So that top rate will actually become 49% if you include the Medicare levy. Again, I think to be transparent and fair to the Australian community, they should just abolish the Medicare levy and call it a 49% top marginal tax rate. That will create some difficulties for some people because the exemptions for the Medicare levy are different to those which apply for income tax purposes. But to me, it's just an added layer of complexity that achieves very little. Yes, and we could just change the tax-free threshold. We could change the tax-free threshold. We could accommodate that extra possibility of somebody who shouldn't pay the Medicare levy 
not being covered by the new rules in a different way, but it could all be one part of one system. Now, the Medicare levy surcharge is a little more complicated because the Medicare levy surcharge is designed essentially to encourage higher wealth individuals to take out private health insurance. But again, I don't think that that is warranted. The level of complexity that that adds to the system is not warranted for the outcomes that we achieve. And I would again sooner just bring it all back in and treat it as part of one overall income tax system. When you compare the time you spend on an individual tax return, if it's a very simple one, sorting out Medicare and mm. the Medicare levy surcharge is a substantial part of, of this very it's, simple tax return. It's a, it's a substantial part of taxpayer compliance and additional cost that have to be paid to tax agents who prepare tax returns. And to me, there is no or very little sensible reason for having such complexity with income tax separate to Medicare levy, separate to the Medicare levy surcharge. It's just unnecessary and we should review all that. Yes. Because the Medicare levy and the Medicare levy surcharge have completely different thresholds, different rates, Absolutely. it's a completely There's different all kettle sorts of, of fish. different numbers floating around there and you have to be a bit of a genius to be able to hold all those numbers together and work with them on a regular basis. Nobody does, everybody refers back to the rates tables, but uh, it's completely unnecessary to have such a complex and convoluted system. If an allied point to all that is fringe benefits tax, which I also have a problem with because ultimately fringe benefits tax, all that it is doing is indirectly imposing a tax on employees who get a benefit through their work in relation to their work other than in cash. If we're going to do that indirectly, why don't we just do it directly and collect the fringe benefits tax from employees as part of the income tax system. So if you're getting the benefit of the use of an employer's car, we should value that and charge you income tax on it. It should all be integrated into the income tax system. Now the difference at the moment is that fringe benefits is imposed technically on the employer, but that as we know when it comes to real economics is a bit of a nonsense because the employer will effectively pass that on to the employee. So the employee ends up paying it anyway. From a tax compliance point of view, it's easier for the tax office to have one fringe benefits tax return from a large company, say BHP, with 10,000 entries for all its employees than to look at all the separate returns. I accept that that is an advantage of the current system, but to me, it just doesn't make economic sense to have an entirely separate tax system, entirely separate tax year, because the FBT year is different as well, and all the compliance that goes with that for a tax that collects, quite frankly, in the overall scheme of things, very little. Yes. And it could all be integrated into the income tax system and should be, because yes. at the end of the day, who pays the tax? The employee. Why don't we just charge them the tax? Yes, but I was actually very surprised when I looked at how much FBT tax we collect it's per very year. Small it's by very small. By, by comparison, or sorry, not by comparison, but looking at the totality of the federal budget, it's a very small tax. It's like three or four or five percent. Something in that order. It's in one of our 
yes. snapshots. Yes, yes, I know. Which are very good, by the way. Good. <laughs> if you like them, you can give it a plug. I agree with you that it's an illusion, and hence it's a political decision. Because whether somebody pays 45% tax plus 2% Medicare, it's very different to paying 47% of tax, or if labor comes through 47 plus 2 or 49. It just feels very different. And I think most people feel that tax is like a nothing. It's kind of a waste. Whereas with Medicare, it feels like you're paying for something mm. you get. You bulk bill the last doctor's visit, mm. hence your Medicare levy basically paid for that. And so I think it's more of, it's a very much a political decision. Yes, and I guess it's a psychological thing that people, as you say, you feel as though you're paying for something and you're getting something back. But one would hope that that is the feeling that one gets when one pays tax generally, even though maybe one doesn't get that feeling. I don't know whether you've noticed that the tax office at one stage were issuing assessments where they actually spelt out what it is that your tax was being used to contribute to. And I thought that was quite a good idea. I don't know whether they still do that, but I think they've stopped that. But I actually quite like that in the sense that it did give you a feeling to give a taxpayer a bit of a feeling of where their money is actually going. But uh, I think it's nothing more than psychology, quite frankly. Welcome back. Making the Medicare levy part of income tax would eliminate an entire section of the tax return. After the interview, Bob told a very personal story which I wanted to share with you. Bob hadn't expected this to go into the episode, but when I asked him, he kindly said yes. So here's Bob about his first day of school. At school at six or seven at Coogee Public, I remember the first day I got to lunchtime, I was so upset, I think I was, I think I was actually crying because I didn't understand why nobody spoke Hungarian. Because I thought everybody did. <laughs> I was so upset, I remember that. I was just thinking, sitting there thinking, this is terrible. How am I going to communicate with all these people? And then I learned English. Obviously, That's know, quite cute. So how long had you been in Australia? You had just well, arrived. Born, no, I was born here. I see. I was born here. But you had always parents, been at home with your extended family. I was at home family. All the time and my parents only spoke Hungarian. They also yeah. learned English. Not the Queen's English, but yeah. they learned English pretty well. And they were in business, so... You know, they had to communicate with people, but um, they um, didn't teach me English until I started at school and then, then we spoke more English as the years wore on. But it was a very sort of Hungarian community and everybody spoke Hungarian, so I was speaking Hungarian. I didn't understand what was going on at school at first. <laughs> it took me about two years to figure it all out, but then I got there. Welcome back. This was Text Talk's last episode for 2018. A huge thank you to all of you for being such loyal listeners. We will be back on the 21st of January 2019. It feels strange saying 2019. And our number one goal for next year is to improve the audio quality of Text Talk's interviews to make it easier for you to listen and enjoy your time listening. So hopefully from episode 122 onwards, you will notice a change for the better. So have a great holiday, a really good time, recharge, regroup, enjoy life. Until then, 
Thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for the support. Bye for now and see you next year.